All right. Welcome to the podcast. I got the one, the only Chris Jackson over here. Today, we're going to be talking about some crazy stuff that I never thought would ever happen in my life, at least at least not in a million years. We got two California sports teams that, oh man, this breaks my heart to say, but we got the Pac-12 conference, I think is officially dead. We got UCLA and USC announcing a couple of weeks ago that they were going to play starting in 2024 and be playing in the Big Ten conference. That means Midwest schools. That means snow in the wintertime. That means all the travel. Chris, what do you make of this, man? What, what do you make of this tragedy? So first off, how is a SoCal kid, how is a kid from like Newport Beach or Huntington Beach going to deal with a Saturday in late November in East Lansing, Michigan? Man, that, I don't know. Oh, that, that, that's, that, that winter there, that fall is a little different than Los Angeles. <laughs> see, yeah, I mean, the, see, the crazy thing about this whole thing, too, is like we live in, a, in an area where a lot of our guys go to play sports at UCLA or USC or whatever, because it's a California school and they're not going to be playing, you know, other California, they're going to be playing like Wisconsin's and Michigan's and like all these big schools. And you got these kids from California that are used to like 60 degree winter times. And they're going to be going to the frigid cold. They're going to be, you know, sliding in snow on the field. It's just, you know, I don't, I don't really know what, what, what to think of that. And like, you know, it's just crazy to me get these conferences and stuff that are just different. It's, I mean, the, the whole Oklahoma, Texas thing was a shock, but it, I think it fits, right? It's so, you can still say it fits because now AM's in the SEC anyway. That fits culturally and everything. It's weird them not going to be in the Big 12, but UCLA and USC doing this, it's, I remember, gosh, what was it? When all these conferences started to shift, when the Big 12 shifted, these oh, yeah. very moved, AM moved, West Virginia went to the Big 12, but then there was that talk of, Heck, San Diego State to the Big East. I remember that was a thing when they were going to join that. And we're thinking, what's a San Diego State like Temple game going to look like? San Diego yeah. State, Virginia Rutgers, Virginia Tech, or whatever. So there's See, that. But now you've actually got it on the biggest stage to where somehow a USC and UCLA are going to play Ohio State, Michigan. I'm not sure how the divisions are going to work or if they're going to do these divisions anymore because none of these conferences are going to try to get away from this. But how's the schedule going to work? It, it's the football part. The travel's okay from what coaches have said, but it's the other sports too, where that's going to be weird, like oh, basketball. Especially baseball, you travel playing three days a week. Especially these sports when you don't have the private charter flights. You've got commercialized <laughs> yeah. flights. So that's just going to be a pain. See, I think the worst part about this whole situation too is like, you really, if you really delve deep into why this happened, like UCLA got Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma, another, you know, what, Big 12 school. And yep. then- all of a sudden you get USC, the team he's coaching now with their new quarterback who is at Oklahoma. Now they're going to the big 10 just because of one move that they made. And then it's like the, you know, the promise of the conference. And then you look at like these other schools, like San Diego state's probably going to be a PAC 12 team now because they're a good football school. They're, you know, pretty solid at what they, at what they can do. But then you have schools like Arizona and Arizona state that have good other sports but because a football program is probably the most dominant program in college sports, you look at that and you're like, are they screwed? Are they going to have to be stuck in a crappy Pac-12 conference? Are they able to move up to a Big Ten conference? Like, how does that look? Like, what's going to happen there, you know? There's so many things that just like a what if. Do four of these teams, six of them go to the Big 12 and yeah. join that? Does the Pac-12 just add to both these conferences? Stay stagnant? Does – I mean, there's so many things I could have, but what if the SEC adds more teams? Like, cool. if goes there, Florida State goes there, the Big Ten decides to add more. 
But I, I mean, we'll see what Notre Dame does. I think that's the next like domino effect if they want to stay independent or not. For years, we've always said they got to join a conference, but they never have, and it still worked for them. So what's the incentive now? But oh yeah, I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna take a while to get used to USC against Iowa. Oh, that's like, gonna be a weird one. Every other year, USC against Michigan State. Like this isn't the. It's not the Rose Bowl, you know. That's, yeah. Like like that's a classic Rose Bowl matchup, not. October 15th or November 3rd. It's just, it's weird to me. I do think the biggest thing though about this whole situation is you do look at the fact that these schools are going to a bigger conference, like the big 10 and all that, their prominence as programs are going to grow. So if you look at, you know, cause they're going to get all that money from ticket sales and all that stuff. You look at that and the tuition is probably going to go up a little bit because they're going to be a big 10 school, you know? So I think it benefits the school in the long run, but it's like, what does the Pac-12 conference really stand now? Like all these schools that have incoming guys going to a Pac-12 school, like you look at Arizona, just, just got Kylan Boswell reclassifying for 2022. He's going to be there playing basketball in the Pac-12 conference. But then you look at these other guys that probably aren't going to be one and done, and they're going to be stuck there for two, you know, m- multiple seasons, right? And then it's like, well, what happens next? Like they're playing crappy Pac-12 schools, not getting the competition that they that they thought they would get. And then if they're trying to go pro at their sport, it's like not going to work as well because they're not playing as good teams. So I think it really, really, really jeopardizes the conference state as a whole. And I think that's the biggest thing that I think people, you know, really rings the bell when you hear those, the two most prominent California teams are leaving that says a lot about what they think of the conference right now, if they're just willing to travel that far to play. I mean, money talks, right? It's money does talk. Money, it's, yeah. It's thing now, especially with this, that's why Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC. It's not like the big 12 money was bad, but the SECs is that much greater. Oh, yeah. I was expecting that move too. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. I was expecting that to happen. I mean, it's, it's not like, it's not like the big 12 you're struggling. I know the revenue that goes in there is big, but the SEC is a different beast. You get that exposure. Here with these other teams, Alabama, Ole Miss, everybody else that brings in, gosh, all this money every single year, these boosters, endowments. Yep. Then you go to the Big Ten, it's different money too with the Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, those fan bases, and the TV network deal is better because the Pac-12 network is not on every single provider. I haven't had the Pac-12 network in years because of providers. I don't have it on YouTube TV. I never, I didn't have it on Comcast. We had Comcast, AT&T. Oh yeah. I think Sling TV, I had that in college and I had the Pac-12 network, but that was the only time I had that. And I was on the East coast for college. So it just yeah. doesn't, it, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. And it, you want the money, you don't want to fall behind in that arms race for those, all that money. There's NIL now. And there is, you want to keep upgrading facilities and doing the best things you can. Yes. You know, it's all that exposure to you look at all these schools now, like you said, with, with the NIL, the, deals if these players are getting the chance to make all that money playing at a big 10 or big 12 school or sec and they want to and they can do it by all means you know do it like it's not like you know if you see these pac 12 games be like are on at 7 p.m on a saturday right no one's really going to be at home watching tv on a saturday night if they're in college so it's like is it you know from a, a, a business standpoint it's a good move like i don't fault them for that it's just being a pac 12 person who goes to a pac 12 school and just knowing like what the state of the conference is going to be knowing that you have these big programs like the basketball Arizona in, in UCLA is not going to be a thing anymore. And that was a big thing this past year with the PAC 12 tournament and like the regular season battles that they had, like it's just a big, it definitely takes away 
a big, big, big component of just such a storied conference that's been a been a historic conference for so many years. And that just, it takes away as, a, as not just a fan, but as a reporter, as, you know, a bystander or anything. If, if you're not actually a player in that conference involved with the schools, like it definitely takes away from the competition of that conference, knowing that you're losing two of the biggest schools. And the travel's different for fans. You got to think about that. Yep. Too. The rivalries, yep. You lose out on some rivalries. You do. A&M left the Big 12. You lost Texas against Texas A&M every year. And there's been some, I mean, they still replay those games pretty much every single day on TV. I just scroll oh, through. Yeah. You know, Longhorn oh. has got something. ESPNU's got something. Whatever it is, you lose those. You lose these regional rivalries. Great. It's great that USC and UCLA are going together, but. Heck, I, know, I was kind of looking forward to seeing Oregon and USC kind of battle it out for the next four or five years and see how that goes. But I mean, yeah, I and it's the money, and this money also helps fund every other sport too. At the same time, that's that's one of the positives out of it, I guess you can take away. Yeah. I love tradition. I love the rivalries. That's what I was growing up on every Saturday. That's what I was raised on. You get up and you watch. Every single rivalry, you watch the, the Cows and Stanford, Notre Dame's against USC, Notre Dame, Stanford, what heck, you name it. Like, there's a million rivalries in college football regionally, but you're going to lose out on some of these. Yeah, it's tragic. And then you look at, you know, if you think about it, what, like the next schools to leave Pac-12 are probably going to be, what, Stanford's probably gone because if you look at them, they got their baseball programs, you know, as good as they are. They have a pretty solid – football team with you know their history so they're probably gone Oregon's probably gone you know and in baseball too like if you look at the baseball side of things you got Stanford that was good and that's good in the Pac-12 you had UCLA was pretty good and is pretty good in the Pac-12 Cal is pretty solid in the Pac-12 Oregon State is one of the better teams in the nation Arizona is pretty solid Arizona State the Pac-12 as a baseball conference is a good conference and in basketball too so if you take away that because of the football programs, you're also, because I think that that's the main driving force behind these moves. If I'm not, you know, you have the football programs being what they are there and they're moving. Now you bring in the two other sports, baseball and basketball, right? Those sports are now in a situation where it's like the PAC 12 was such a competitive conference in those sports. Now that those teams are gone, it's like you have a whole realignment and the conference is not going to be the same anymore. It's not going to have competition anymore. It's not going to be, a threat to any other conference. Like you look at these conferences, the PAC 12, in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're no longer going to be a power five conference in sports. That conference that I think is, it still will be considered one because of the, the name of the conference. But if you look at the teams, they're not going to be anywhere near the level of the other conferences now because of what just happened. And I think that that's a huge, huge, huge loss because of all those West coast teams that, those West coast people that rely on PAC 12 schools to go to after they graduate. So what is it going to be now? Is it going to be power two conferences, power three, but it, I mean, it looks like the SEC and big 10 would reign, but would there be a third power conference? Would oh, there be well, match teams up? What's going to happen to the, ACC? If, if you like, you said Notre Dame, right? I think that Notre Dame is going to join the ACC because they play, they, I think in 2020, when it was a short season, they were playing ACC teams. So I think Notre Dame, a school like Notre Dame will go to the ACC and you'll see a lot of teams go to the ACC. You'll see some teams go to the Big 12. Obviously, teams are going to the Big 12. You'll see teams go to the SEC and the Big 10. I think those conferences are fine. I don't think those conferences are in jeopardy because 
in the grand scheme of things, all those conferences have similar skill sets in terms of players and teams. Even Notre Dame is not far behind all these other schools, right? So those schools are going to be playing in those big conferences. The Pac-12 was left has always been a conference. The problem with the Pac-12, I've noticed, is they've always been left behind. If you look at all these other conferences, everyone's always said it's the other conferences and then the lowest of the low for Power 5 is the Pac-12. And that's why I think... I think these other teams are fine. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. I think the only conferences you're really, really going to see like teams go out of at this point is Pac-12. You're not going to see teams really leave SEC, Big 12, Big 10 necessarily. Maybe they'll interchange, but they're going to stay in that realm. It's going to that's that 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 those conferences are set. I think Pac-12 is the only conference you'll see teams are going to try to dip and just go somewhere else. I think that's better for the average fan, that classic fan, if you still have at least four conferences. If oh, gets, yeah. No. If that's where it gets weird. I'm, I'm okay with one conference kind of shifting away. It's, is that not what – it's not the dream scenario, but yeah. at least if we get a lot of these teams in the Big 12, at least there's still some regional stuff happening. It's not terrible travel. It's not like going from Utah to – what still waters exactly that bad of a trip going from Utah to Oklahoma state or anything like that, but a lot's going to change. You got to be proactive, not reactionary. Yeah. Football. And now is the big 12's time to be very proactive and snaps teams up and the PAC 12 wants to stay alive. They better be proactive. Oh yeah. They're going to have to active or else that's when your conference is going to die. Yeah. And if, if you're a PAC 12 school, right. And you're like a coach for the team, how are you recruiting kids now? Like if, since you know, like a big pitch that a lot of schools can make is, well, like, well, the competition is going to be this, this, and this. Now that you eliminate, you know, you're going to be eliminating two big teams like that. And then it's going to probably trickle down after that. If you're a recruiter, how are you getting kids to come to your school? Like, how are you getting these athletes to, to commit themselves to play Pac-12, a Pac-12 sport, knowing that they're not going to be playing the teams that they, you know, were used to, that they're accustomed to playing. Like, what do you do on that? That's the big thing too. I think you've got to be unbelievable at finding diamonds in the rough. You got to be great at that. You got to be great at player development and yeah, leaving your culture. The problem is with the transfer portal. There's not as much patience anymore to stick around. And if someone doesn't play their first year or first two years, they're likely out the door in a lot of situations now. So you better be good at that. You better help you start making these Boise State waves they had or what TCU did 10, 12 years ago. And look what happened. They went from TCU, went from the Mountain West and moved into the Big 12. And now they've got all this more money. Their facilities look great. They're in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex with all that talent in a Power really? 5 conference, and that's helped them. So you better hope that you can start building like that. And yeah. look at what Boise State's done with that. Look at what Oklahoma State's done, always being consistently good. And every few years, get yourself up to the top. And But right now, if you want to not get left behind, you got to figure out these next couple of years, you better be good. Oh, yeah. That was the time. It was such a, what is it, what have you done for me lately, society, instead yeah. of, what have you done for me the last 30 years? What have you done for me the last 30 minutes? Yeah. So be good if you don't want to get left behind and yeah. proactive. And if you're Oregon, you're Washington, Stanford, their football struggled the last couple of years, but they've got that national brand. Most. Oh yeah. They got, they're so and Andrew Luck there for, for yeah, crying out loud. You know, they got that history. Yeah, right. They're so great academically. You're not going to say no to a Stanford. 
And their baseball team is so good at that school. It carries them pretty much. You know, you look at what they've done in baseball the last few years, their college world series team every year, you know, they're on the national stage of baseball. A lot of pros have gone there. So, you know, the only PAC 12 school I have legitimate concern for is Cal. That's the one where I just, I have a lot of concern for right now. I think Cal's fine. And I'll tell you why, not because their athletics are great now necessarily, but because of who they've produced athletically in their past for all sports is what's going to be the driving force. You look at in baseball, right? They've had some major leaguers come out of Cal. They've had some NFL players come out of Cal, you know, the basketball team, Jason Kidd was there, right? You've had guys like that. So, and the thing that's really sad, I noticed too, with a lot of these teams, a lot of it is historical based, right? You look at all these programs, right? Like, San Diego State is a great example. They're a team that was 11 and one last, or no, 10 and two a, fall, a, a season ago, right? But historically, they haven't really done, like, in the grand scheme of things, historically, they haven't really done a whole lot. So are they really going to move up? Or, like, I don't, you know, Cal's a gray area team, like you said, because of what they are, of where they are now. But I think based on what they, based on what I've seen in the conferences, a lot of teams that have that historical edge, if that makes sense, are going to be the teams I think they're going to be given either more leeway or more consideration. But in my opinion, I think the team that's really screwed for the Pac-12 is, is Utah. And the reason why I say Utah, you think Utah? Not, be, not because they're a bad program, but because if you look at they were they're the newest Pac-12 team. Right. It's like in a, a workplace. Right. If you have a bunch of people that have been there, but then you have the newest employee, that newest employee in, in the event of a firing or layoff is the first to go. Utah was the lat, the most recent team to join the conference, right? And in the conference, despite the fact they won it last year in football, they are probably, out of all the Pac-12 teams that are there now, either them or Colorado, they are the most, um, they are the most irrelevant teams in those conf- in that conference, I think. So if anything, I think Utah and Colorado, they're going back to the Mountain West, possibly. I think you move San Diego State to the Pac-12, and I think you have some realignments kind of going like that. But I think that those, I think, you know, screws a lot of stuff up. It really does. You know, these athletes are going to be, California kids are not going to want to play UCLA anymore knowing they're going to be playing in snow in November. So, you know. Now, here's the thing. I'm not concerned about Utah because here's why I'm concerned about Cal. All these these last five, six years, I looked at the TV ratings. Cal's not really in the top anything for Pac-12 viewership, and that's going to be the driving force for networks, too. It's so ESPN and Fox-based. What's Fox going to get the Big Ten? Right, That's their thing. The SEC is, what, ESPN? Especially now, I, I don't think those afternoon games anymore. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that big 3.30 Eastern kickoff that they're having. I think that's ESPN now, I believe. Oh, yeah, it is. It's ESPN. That's that's what it is, too. I think a lot of it's still going to be television-based because that's what this all is, and that's my concern for a Cal or a Washington State or an Oregon State, but Cal's the one where they're just not. Oh, yeah, it's it's the viewership, too, because, you know, obviously, like I said before, I go to a Pac-12 school, but, like, the Pac-12 teams play at 7 p.m. like on a Saturday night. And a lot of people I talk to are like, well, I don't know if I want, I don't really like, I don't really want to watch a college game at 7 p.m. on a Saturday night when I could be going out or doing other things. And these schools that, you know, know what they can do and know what they are as programs, they really, they want to be seen. Like they want to be, 
watched on TV. Like they work hard to put out their product on the field and they want to be, you know, seen. So I think that the merit that UCLA and USC had of going to a different conference because of the, you know, time of the games and stuff. I think that was one of the biggest factors of, of doing that as well. Like I agree with you on that because, you know, who wants to watch a game at 7 p.m. on a Saturday versus 1230 on a Saturday when, you know, you could do other things on a Saturday night. So it's one of those, definitely one of those situations for sure. And the Pac-12 network carries that. So if you're an FS1, at least, you know, you're pretty much in most households. Maybe you got oh, a yeah. night game, right? Or you're on ESPN too. I know I've watched yeah. ASU on one of those ESPN channels. Like at least, you know, you're everywhere. Pac-12 network, the problem is too, there's such little viewership there because it's on a maybe half the networks now because of certain deals that have happened or whatever. But here's the numbers I just pulled up from 2019 in terms of most, I haven't been able to find the latest two years, but just 2019 is pretty recent. And it, I think it still speaks to the programs and how good they are as Oregon been most watched team in 2019, 47.7 million USC, 23.6. I think, USC is obviously going to go up now with Lincoln Riley, Caleb, yeah. and yeah. moving over from Pitt. But Utah was third. Washington was fourth. All the way down at the bottom, Cal, 7.3 million. Oregon State, 1.9 million. See, that's the thing, too. It's all a matter of just, like, the discrepancies there are crazy. Like, you just look at the, the amount of love that those L.A. schools. But that's the thing, too. It's also a market size, too. Like, even the, the pro teams, right? You never have to worry about the professional LA teams having any sort of issue with money or anything because there's such a big market just for every single sport they play. Like they have two sport that they have two teams for each professional sport there pretty much. It's like even college sports, like the market in LA is so unfair, unfair, unfairly big that it's like you get all these people from LA watching them. Plus you get like NorCal people because, you know that people in NorCal also like UCLA and you it's like the viewer. It's just California as a whole. It's just the discrepancy is crazy for the amount of viewers that the amount, the many more followers you get of the teams there. Cause the market, it's just the market size too, that really helps you out. Like now USC's just got Lincoln Riley and they're going to be like, everyone's going to want to play there. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, and the market size helps so much too, because it's not like Rutgers has been historically great at football or anything. They had Ray Rice and they were a six and six, seven and five team then with him and Greg Ciano as coach, but yeah. they brought in the New York market being in the Scottaway an hour out. And that's why the Big Ten brought them in, brought in Maryland too, because you're not far from the DMV from DC and Baltimore. So oh, yeah. You can have a lot. And it's, the, it's the market size, man. I'm telling you. Like, that's why San Diego State's market is so small because that's such a small school too. Like, you look at the school size, like they're such a small school. It doesn't matter how good of a team they are every year. Like they're such like, I feel bad for these small schools, man, because some of these schools are really, really good at their sports, but they're such a small institutions. And they're so like, they don't have just the, the resources to really get out there like they should. And it's just, it's just the business side of things on this. It hurts a little bit in the sense of like, you know, what are you going to do? Like, if you go to, if, even if you are a good school athletically, like, what are you going to do knowing that your market size is so small that you can't move up anywhere? You know, it's just such a, it's such a difficult situation to kind of be in. And I think it's just hard for these athletes too, you know? 
Yeah, it is. You look at them. I feel bad for them for a Fresno State as great as Fresno State's fans are, and because they're not a pro team there, right? I know you put on one of their bigger games every once in a while. They've got that stadium packed up, but how are they or San Diego State really going to move the needle for these television networks to be in a Power Five conference? Unfortunately, I also think that we got to give these coaches credit for having a lot less resources to work with, and still every year they are consistently better than some of these Pac-12 schools in developing better players out of it. That's a credit to them for ever doing that. All Fresno State's got to say is that they had Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. I'm pretty sure they'll make it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. And then look at what they did with Jake Hayner, that crazy comeback last year against UCLA where Jake Hayner was – what did he have happen? He hurt his ribs or whatever it was, but he couldn't even move that final drive in that UCLA game. And he leads that, that crazy comeback. Yeah, there it's, just, it's just – I mean – I don't want to lose these moments. I, I don't. I, 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 yeah. I understand the money, but – I just never it's want just, to. I do think, though, the thing that really – see, the sports world not nowadays to me I think is flipping upside down in the sense where, like, college sports I think should be more of a sentimental thing than a money thing. I know that that's not something that it is nowadays because, you know, everything the business side of sports and all that. But because these programs represent universities that kids pay money to attend and they go for the rest of their lives, they will always support these teams, I think it's way more sentimental to have – that consideration than like let's say you know a Seattle Seahawks coming from the AFC to the NFC right back in 01 right I think it's more of a it's a lot sadder to me seeing these college teams get realigned when they've been in the same place for that long when there's that sentimental value to what conference they play in and who they've produced and where they play and like the rivalries and stuff because these rivalries are storied like they've been playing you know UCLA USC these rivalries have been a thing for what, like a hundred years, right? So it's like, you got to just, you know, teams got, I think the business side of sports should not really be reserved for college. And I know that's kind of a, a thing that you don't really, you know, think about in 2022 and everyone's a money hungry person, but like, I don't know. I think college sports need to have more of that sentimental value than I think any other sports because of that university connection that these teams represent and have for, for yeah, each other. You definitely do. And if I was an AD, a school president, a chancellor, I would 100% make these moves that these schools have. Oh, yeah. I completely get it. But I want to see the other side of this, too, because in Oklahoma, right, you had Oklahoma and Oklahoma State for you to look at that state, not really a pro football team. Now you got the Thunder there in basketball, but still you have all these kids growing up wanting to be a senior, wanting up to oh. be an Oklahoma State Cowboy. You have – yeah. these different states you had Pitt, penn state Pitt, virginia tech west virginia Pitt. we lost west virginia Pitt and virginia tech for 10 years now they're bringing that back as non-conference foes but that still doesn't feel 100 percent right doesn't. it so doesn't it, it does losing texas a&m in texas hurts it's just these different things and i grew up a college football guy that was my thing i grew up raised around that with family ties college football that's how big it was for me and i don't want some of these kids still lose that. I don't want it yeah. lost yeah, because of I, I get it. I understand business, but I want to see the other side of it too. And I, yeah, I, no. I feel I feel for some of these kids that grew up dreaming of being that Michigan guy. They dreamt of being Oregon. I mean, just honestly name any of these schools and you'll have that old Miss Mississippi State, right? You can go up and down the list, but that's where I feel like because I think there's just such a sentimental value to that college football, like you said, to where you beat your rival and even if you lose every game but you beat your rival and you spoil their season 
that feels pretty dang good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right? It's just a different beast. Sure, we've got pro sports teams, but not every state has a pro sports team. There's only what 30, 32 pro sports teams in each sport. Yeah. That's you're so some of them there's so many states have multiple teams. So that's half of America doesn't even have oh yeah. A no, pro yeah. So I, w- I want to conclude with a thing that I was thinking about. What I want to do is let's talk about predictions for how we think UCLA and USC are gonna do across sports in their first year at a new conference. The reason why I say that. And the reason why I'm thinking about this is because this, like, let's actually, let's back up a second. Let's think about how teams like UCLA from 2021-22 basketball season, how that team you think would do in a, in a Big Ten situation. Because you look at the roster that they had. They had Tiger Campbell, Johnny Juzang, Jamie Hawkes. Like, they had a really, really, really good team. And they're a bunch of athletes, and a lot of them, and a couple of them did go to the NBA. So, and you look at the Arizonas as well with basketball, right? They had three guys go pro. Like, how would those teams do, do you think, going up against Big Ten schools? Because Arizona and UCLA dominated the Pac-12 because they were the only two teams in that conference in basketball. But then they went to the tournament, and then they started playing, you know, SEC schools and Big Ten schools and Big 12 schools. And you saw what happened. They couldn't handle it. So, I mean, how do you, how do you think these teams are going to fare in their first year in, in a new conference? The record won't be as good as strong because there's more competition, but at the same time, I think that can help you going into the postseason. Yeah. I think it could be. Look at what the Big 12's basketball's had these last couple of years. Baylor and Kansas, and you're playing Oklahoma one day, Texas the next, TCU's still a good program. Texas Tech, what they've had these last four or five years with Chris Beard and Mark Adams. And even if your record is not like 25 and 8, if you win 18, 19 games – is an 11 in your 10, 11 seed, eight, nine, whatever it is, you're still a threat because you oh, you're yeah. battle tested. Chances are with that record, you've still probably beat some good teams and you've probably lost to some really good teams and probably let some slip away. But I imagine the close games that experience, right. doesn't competition. The same's always been competition breeds success. How many coaches have we heard that from? Oh yeah, absolutely. Sports, right. I think that in the long run, it could help you as long as you hire the right people, though, to be your coaches at the same time is going to be the yeah. thing. But I think yeah. you're like UCLA and Arizona. I remember when there was Lonzo Ball, you had him at UCLA. Arizona had a Lonzo Trail. Remember those? Yeah, the Nico, yeah, the Nico Mannion days and like yeah, all that, right. the DeAndre Ayton type, you know. Those were big days. It's going to be different because there's going to be more tough games. Now you got to play Michigan State one night, Michigan another time. You got Ohio State, you got. Sure, Indiana hasn't been the same, but you still got to go to Assembly Hall. You got to play Purdue, who's always good. It's going to be tougher, but I still think it could make you better and I don't know, maybe it helps you recruiting. Nationally. Oh, yeah. No, I think maybe it changes local recruiting a little bit, but at the same time, your brand's going to get out there more because you're on television more, and that's never a bad thing. So, yeah, I, I, I will say, though, I think it's going to expose a lot of these programs. It, like issues and stuff. The reason why I say that is because you look at in March Madness, right? The worst Pac-12 team in basketball would not like didn't even come close to making the playoffs. But then you look at these other schools, like like Indiana was one of the worst teams in their conference, I guess you can say. But they still made March Madness. They still did a, had a good run. So a lot of these conferences, the worst schools in their conference are still playoff teams, are still top playoff teams. So. You know, you put the, but then you add in like USC, UCLA, and then they start playing those teams that were the worst teams in their conference originally. And they're probably going to get smoked the first couple, 
years because also size too. Like I think each conference as well, like not just in basketball, but in every sport too, it's size. Like the players size definitely is different with each conference. The bigger the conference, you get guys that are bigger in size and stronger, more athletic. So I do think that for the first couple years of them being in a new conference, you're going to definitely see that. You're going to see the size discrepancies. You're going to see these players struggle to keep up with, you know, a Texas player or an Oklahoma player who's been in these big conferences before versus a Pac-12 guy who's, you know, maybe not accustomed to that competition. But, you know, you never know. I mean, I think that it could go either way. I think that with Lincoln Riley at USC and Nick Cronin at UCLA for basketball and Chip Kelly and all these coaches, I think these guys have, have experience at high at really high levels and stuff. So I do think that, that there's going to be a lot of positives, but I do think, like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, man, the Pac-12 conference is dead 20, however many years you could put a grave on it. 2022, the death of the conference. Cause man, this conference is done. I don't see how this conference is going to come back now at this point. It doesn't sound good, and I do like your argument about the size because it, it is a different beast. It took Texas A&M a, a while to go from that Big 12 differences, right? The air raid slinted out the way it's been to the SEC, those big boys up front, and then those big receivers, big defensive backs. Now you're going to have some of these Pac-12 teams play against these Midwest Iowa corn boys that are big, beefy dudes down low and they're going to run it up the gut and they're going to throw a fullback at your butt a tight end an h-back everything else up at you and you got to get used to that now i think lincoln riley if any coach could do it it's him because oklahoma's all when he was there they were always physical i mean that's credit to their offensive line coach bill beanaball was there for years oh, yeah. but they were always physical they intimidated you at the start of that game with their size i think if there was a guy that can do it it's him and they got that speed, too. Think about yeah. that. They had Kyler Murray in there as their quarterback. They had CeeDee Lamb as one of their receivers. You know, they've had just some – they've had some speed. They've had some speed. They've had some athleticism. Like, he's going to be going to a school. And, plus, he got his quarterback, too, coming with him. So, we'll see. I mean, I'm personally being – the fact that they still get two more years in this conference, I'm going to enjoy every last second of it. You know, I got one more year left at my school, so I'm hoping that I can see some good competition for a little bit longer. But now that I know it's going away, you got to really just enjoy it. It's like going to a candy store and just buying all that candy. You got to enjoy it as much as you can for as long as you can before it goes away and you can't do it anymore. It's one of those situations. But we'll see what happens, man. We got a couple more years before we before the big change, so we'll see what happens. But and hey, USC being relevant and being good has never been a bad thing for West Coast nope. college football. It's never been it. when they were at their height. What was every kid watching at night? They were watching Matt Line or Reggie Bush. Gosh, who was the Lundale White was with Reggie Bush too. Yeah, another big running back there. You had all those guys. Carson Palmer days. Yeah, it's still USC being good and relevant is still good for the West Coast. It's yeah. still really good for California. And there's no shortage of talent that USC can pluck from five minutes away. And get a four or five star to go there and get plenty of them and be at the top of their recruiting rankings. Oh yeah.